0: Wine & Crime contains graphic and explicit content that may not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised.
1: Hey everyone, it's Lucy. Before we get to the show, I wanted to tell you about our newest sponsor, Modsy. As you might know, I've been doing a ton of home remodeling and we just finished the master bedroom. I went to modzi.com, took their style quiz and took some photos and some dimensions of the room, sent that in, and just in a couple of days, the modzi designers sent back a 3D model of my bedroom, fully furnished with the coolest furniture, lamps, decor, artwork, everything from places that I love like Crate and Barrel and West Elm. And I can shop for those exact products right from their website. It couldn't be easier. I love it. So get started today. Visit modzi.com and use promo code GALS, that's G-A-L-S, for 20% off any design package. You won't regret it. Now on to the show.
2: Uh... (laughs) All right. You are listening to Wine and Crime, the podcast where Kenyon gets annoyed with her two co-hosts.
0: Oh, story so of my I life. I just had
2: to burp right
0: before we started. <laughs> it's fine.
2: All right. No. The podcast where three friends chug wine, chat true crime, and unleash their worst Minnesota accent oh. and burp <laughs> all the time.
0: <laughs> their worst burps. You're uh, Kenyon. Um, yeah.
2: I'm Kenyon. I'm Lucy.
0: And I'm Amanda. And because we were just talking about burps. If you haven't heard it yet, the three of us, in tandem, are um, guest spotting on the podcast Is This Adulting? Yes. And in the episode that I uh, recorded, uh, now a couple weeks ago, by the time this airs, um, we played Would You Rather, and there was a really great Would You Rather question that I want to ask you right now, because of the whole burp thing. Oh,
2: I've heard it. I've heard it. I listened to the episode.
0: Yep. Yeah. Would You Rather... Have your breath reek like rotten eggs every time you burp or have a big green like puff cloud come out of your butt every time you fart.
1: I'd prefer the prior because I don't actually burp. I call it a merp. There's yeah, something really? wrong with it's my uh my sphincter.
2: Yeah, she only she <clears throat> only inward burps.
1: It's like a hiccup. It's like a hiccup, yeah. Yeah.
0: I chose the burping too because I actually burp pretty infrequently, but I am literally constantly farting. I'm farting right now. <laughs> yeah, It is happening.
2: <laughs> we're all mm-hmm. on the same page. Yeah. Yep. Definitely. Cool. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Sisters, cool. What's our topic this week? Sisters.
2: <laughs> <laughs> there were never such flatulent sisters. Yes. There we go. Okay, this week's episode is a really unique fan pick
0: um, mm-hmm. from... Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, Twenty-five dollar Patreon, K Sparkle, aka Carrie Woo! Slampa, slam, slam your grandpa, your
0: grandpa. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but only if he's down with it.
2: Yeah, yeah, with consent, his is consent. Key. Um, consent mm-hmm. So, key. <laughs> Carrie Sparkle picked the topic: crimes committed for pets. So don't worry, mm-hmm. there's no animal abuse in this episode. No, at all, because that and is just worry. not funny. And don't
0: worry. As in all episodes, we adjusted the criteria of this topic. <laughs> uh, so yeah, basically, we did. if it's a crime that involves an animal, it was fair game.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. pretty much. We but not it. against animals.
2: Yeah.
0: No, 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 not no. Not
2: against animals. If you're an animal lover, you will still be able to love and listen to this episode. Don't worry.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and little trigger as a warning special... for my part, but just briefly. Oh great. It's fine. Um, as a special treat. She did send us this amazing email about a cat cafe in Boston that kind of sparked, like, the whole (laughs) conversation about what we should cover. And um, while there wasn't really enough there to do a whole, like, cohesive case on that, for Patreon donors only, at any level, Mm -hmm. we will be posting that email. And then I have a special Wine and Crime expose informant. Yes. In the Boston area, undercover. who will be going deep <laughs> undercover to said cat cafe and recording a little bit of audio and possibly video about their experience a little there, bit of, and maybe
1: their uh, arrest,
0: patio, and may or may not be a couple <laughs> bottles of wine in before they get their lift to said cat cafe. So. Please, for the love of God, keep an eye on Patreon because this is going to be amazing. It should be out in the next couple of weeks. I'm still uh, working with that informant to get everything uh, arranged, but there's some really fun Patreon only content that's going to be coming down the pipeline.
1: Yeah. Make sure your informant sews like a cyanide pill into his or her <laughs> collar just in yep. case things go
0: south.
2: Yeah. I'm picturing them dressed up as a cat, as in Ooh. the Broadway show cats. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah.
0: Go in and ask for an application to be one of the cats <laughs> at the Cat Cafe. <laughs> Hi, uh, I heard there was a job opening here yeah. for yeah. Cat. Yeah. yeah. For the role of cat.
2: I've been a cat for 13 years. Um, um, I yep. identify
1: as a feline. Yep. I
0: do. <laughs> All These right. whiskers are permanent. <laughs> I implanted them with science and technology.
1: Yep. Perfect. Yep. You've only been infected right. twice.
0: <laughs> I am on a heavy dose of antibiotics. <laughs> and I have feline AIDS. I don't know. A feline AIDS.
2: <laughs> okay. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, what oh, is oh. our wine crime pairing <laughs> for crimes committed in the name of pets?
0: Mm-hmm. Or well, anything I know pet that, related. Yeah, pet related <laughs> crimes. I know that Kay Sparks... Um is a big fan of wines from Maryland, but don't hold your breath because <laughs> I could not find a wine from Maryland. Sorry about that, but I'm glad that you're flexible. You like wine. <laughs> so that'll that's fun. Um we chose copycat Tempranillo from Wink Wine Club for obvious Get reasons. It. <laughs> <Get it. laughs> yeah. <cat>. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, If you are not familiar with Wink and you're just joining us today, first of all, I'm so sorry. Second of all, (laughs) Wink Wine Club is an (laughs) online wine club where you can go and peruse their massive selection of wines um, from all over the world, mostly out of California, but they have winemakers that they work with all over the world. Um, These are small batch, unique, beautiful wines. The labels are all gorgeous, done by, honestly, artists from all over the place. You can take a little quiz to see what some of your taste preferences are and then Wink will recommend wines to you or you can simply scroll through all of their selection of wines and put whatever you want that speaks to you into your cart. Mm-hmm. Once you put four bottles or more into your cart, they take care of the shipping. It gets sent right to your home. You can be just like us and only leave your house like once a week. Max. Mm-hmm. For emergency rations. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Or Bloody Mary mix. Yep. Precisely, those are emergency <laughs> rations. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, So all of these wines typically fall in the uh, wine and crime approved price range of about $13. If you use the promo code GALS at checkout, you do get 20 bucks off of your first order. So you're basically getting four bottles of wine for like $30, which is crazy awesome Mm -hmm. for your first order. Um, you can cancel at any time, but I don't know why you would because it's such a great deal. And yeah, it's awesome. So don't go check it out. That's t r y w i n c dot com forward slash gals. try dot forward slash gals. Yeah. You okay? Let's talk about it. this wine. Um, Tempranillo is one of my favorite varietals. We have talked about it before. Um, Anytime we get an opportunity to do a Tempranillo, which has been once so far, (laughs) now two times, I get super jazzed talking about this. And uh, yeah, I have a lot of info for you today. So this is another Spanish red, but it's very different from Grenache. A great Tempranillo will have kind of like the perfect balance of leather and fruit and finish really smooth with just a little bit of lingering uh, tannin on the palate. So again, that tannin is going to give you some of that like lip smacking kind of dry tartness. This has more of a smooth finish because the tannins are pretty low in this red. Um, New World temperneos from regions like Mexico or the United States will typically be more fruit forward and less earthly are earthly. earthy, I guess. Earthly, <laughs> the earthy nectar are of the gods.
2: Gate-approved
0: wines. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they definitely are less earthy, earthy more sounds. hail, Bobby. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Uh, less earthy, <laughs> but old-world Tempranillo from regions like Spain or Italy will have more of an earthy, leathery note to them. Um, Tempranillo falls almost perfectly in the middle of the body spectrum, so Ooh. it's medium-bodied. Um, great with most foods because it's not super overpowering, even, um, more robust fish like swordfish would be really amazing paired with a Tempranillo. Um, salmon could be really good with a Tempranillo. Anything that has a little bit of acidity, you wouldn't want to pair like tilapia with it because it's just not a strong enough flavor, but there are a lot of really great reds that go with fish. So don't let anybody tell you that you can't do red wine with fish. Mm -hmm. And also just a reminder Wine pairings are subjective, so if you like a certain wine with a certain food, that's a wine pairing. That's a totally legitimate wine pairing. So don't let any wine snobs tell you that you can't have, you know, like, an albarino with a ribeye. Because if you like it, then it's a good pairing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I had a server at a really nice restaurant, like, six months ago. I ordered a steak and I ordered a white wine because, as we all Mm -hmm. know, I don't drink reds. And he, Mm -hmm. like, legit
0: argued with me. He would not let me order a white wine. Oh, my God. no, that's dumb. And also, if you get a nice dry white or an acidic white, that's actually a great balance for a fatty dish. So if you have steak with all that, you know, fat, then all of the acidity and the dryness of the white wine clears your palate between each bite. You would... Air toward more of an acidic red anyway, most likely with like a ribeye. Mm-hmm. So you're in this, you're in the right, in terms of, you know, wine snobs, you're in the right avenue anyway. So who freaking cares? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I hate that crap too. So if you like it, you like it. If you don't, it's not a big deal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, sidetrack. Um, though this wine is considered medium body, it can actually taste a little bit more full body depending on the vineyard and the vintage. So the old world wines with the really earthy tones can definitely trick the mouth into feeling more full body than they actually are, which I think is kind of interesting. Um... But the grapes actually have thinner skins and larger size, like the grapes are actually bigger than Syrahs and Cabs, so visibly in the glass it's gonna look a little bit more ruby and translucent, like a lot of light is gonna get through, and Whoa. it will look almost like a Pinot Noir, which is crazy. Mm. So if you like lift it up to the light, you're gonna be able to see through it a lot, but when you taste it, It'll it's gonna taste thick. a lot more robust than it looks in the glass, yeah. Cool. Isn't Whoa, that crazy? it yeah. is crazy. Yeah, it's super cool. Um, This particular bottle clocks in at 14.6 ABV and has the world's (laughs) cutest label with a little kitty dressed up as a lion. Very
1: sweet.
0: Yeah.
2: You're curious, that's what my dog looks like. Just a cat dressed up like a lion. She
0: totally does. (laughs) Yeah, Josie does look like this cat. Um, The grapes in this bottle are cultivated in the Clarksburg wine region of California, so that would... uh, classified as a new world tempranillo so it's gonna have more of those uh fruity notes to it particularly blackberry and strawberry notes so let's pop this open and see how it tastes
2: all right
0: Kenyon's doing the pop in this week we like to rotate out who pops on air oh god
2: oh god oh geez here we go oh god my hand is so sweaty oh crap
0: Oh, oh, mediocre sad. pop <laughs> Deez pop. Dees pop. Deez pop. pop. <laughs> Loved it.
2: <laughs> Lucy, what is our background and psych for whatever pet-related crime thing we landed on?
1: Okay, so...
2: Pet I have related a lot of crimes.
1: Some pet stats for you to open up. Open right. up our palettes a little.
2: Okay.
1: And um, then I'm going to get real gruesome because you know me. <laughs> My case is real gruesome, so that's cool. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So these are some pet stats from Statista.com. Mm. And I rounded these numbers to the nearest million mark. There are an estimated 139 million freshwater fish. That's Ooh. the most popular pet in the United States.
2: That was really? my first and only childhood pet was a Japanese fighting fish named Jumanji.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. A little betta fish?
2: Nope. Japanese fighting fish.
0: Aren't they the same thing? Maybe. Those, like, long it flowy tails, those, like, little blue fish.
2: <laughs> I'm pretty <laughs> sure it's the same thing. Okay. And then it died I'm when Google I was it on it a timeout, and I was, like, guilt-stricken for a long time.
0: I had a bunch of those, and I kept, his name was uh, Bedford, and uh, I kept him in a giant martini glass, and he committed suicide. (laughs) He jumped out of it, and I found him, like, a little dry piece of leather on my floor. I remember that. You were kind (laughs) of devastated. I was pretty devastated, and then I replaced it, and that one starved itself to death (laughs) in the... Uh, in the martini glass, so there was clearly something, something with they that it. <laughs> enclosure. They didn't like they the, the
2: conical.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yes, these fish are the same as beta fish. Oh. Sorry, Kenyon, to there you make go. you feel sad.
2: Well, Japanese fighting fish sounded cool.
1: cooler.
0: Bedford and Jumanji are somewhere in the big martini glass in the sky, <laughs> not trying to end their own lives.
1: Their little fish ghosts are like, not another martini glass.
0: <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh no. okay. Poor babies.
1: OK, so we jump from 135 million freshwater fish down to 94 million cats. That's the second Ooh. most popular pet. 90 million dogs. Yeah, dogs! 20 million birds. Birds Ew. are horrifying. Scary. Birds Boo. are scary. 19 million saltwater fish. Too high maintenance. 14 million, <laughs> quote, small
0: animals.
1: Like gerbils. And hamsters and guinea pigs. And
0: hamsters. I had so many hamsters and so many gerbils over the course of my life. <laughs>
1: well, they should have said small mammals because the next number is 9 million reptiles, which are generally small. I want small.
0: a leopard gecko so bad.
1: <laughs> they're Come
2: really soft. one from my backyard. There are like a million oh God, geckos yes. in my backyard.
0: Ugh. I want one. they pulled they're one of their so tails cute. off. Uh, Don't do that.
2: I did try. They grow. Once. They grow back. Yeah. What? And it didn't. It like didn't affect it. It didn't even like move. It just like blinked at me.
0: Yeah, they can like you release tried their to tails. Pull off a gecko's tail?
2: No, I just tried to. And then, I wanted to get it out of my damn house.
0: Oh, she tried to okay, pick it that's
1: up, fair. and it released its tail. Ugh. And then the tail like wiggles for several minutes after. Yes. Yeah. And then they
0: grow a new one.
1: Uh-huh. Yes, and okay, they grow so, in I one. Didn't, so I didn't they're actually hurt it. They're so cool. Okay. No, they're fine. Uh, and then eight million horses. <laughs> uh, that's a lot of horse horses. People. Horse people.
2: A lot of horse people. I can't believe freshwater fish is the number one, but I guess it's because you don't really have like just Like
0: goldfish one. and shit. Yeah, and you- koi fish are so cool. Dan's mom has, like, some of those big, or used to have some of those big koi, and they're, like, water dogs yeah they like come to you for treats and they're really freaking smart they're super cool a bunch of Mm -hmm. people
2: have them here because they people live in like these big mansions with like moats around them and they've got Mm -hmm. koi fish yeah
1: I also wondered if that number includes like stock fish like when you have a pond on your property you can stock it with fish
0: oh yeah Mm. maybe
2: that would be Um, cheating I think unless unless the pet has a name I don't think it counts you guys, I have
0: one, one sentence Uh-oh.
1: into my section. <laughs> oh, <shit.
0: laughs> in my case, does not count in this parameter. Oh. Okay.
1: Okay. Moving on.
0: <laughs> Pet Bye.
1: ownership went from about 56% of households in 1988 to 68% today. Mm. So big jump. Oh wow. Approximately forty-four percent of all households include a dog, and 35% have a cat. Mm-hmm. 44% of all households seemed like a lot to me.
2: I, but, I know I a lot know. of people with dogs, you know?
1: I guess. This is only really in the US, though, too. Yeah. So you don't count. With your personal mm. experience. Oh, okay, because I didn't grow up there. That's fine.
0: <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> Get out.
1: According to the, okay, here's your trigger warning, but I'm saying it for a reason. According to the ASPCA, approximately 1.5 million shelter animals are euthanized every year. Oh. And I'm saying this as a PSA, to spay and neuter your pets and also adopt, don't adopt. shop. And also, yes. when you're adopting, look at the adult animals, too. Yep. Mm
0: -hmm. Yep.
1: Because they're already potty trained. They, you know, they already have personalities. They're great. Mm -hmm. Yep. And in the
0: wake of this weekend with Burke's massive health scare. Oh, God, that was sad. I know that it is stressful, but I can't stress enough how important it is for a dog with a chronic condition to be adopted to a good home. Yep. So we've had him for several years now. He gets ongoing treatment with his little Viagra pills and, you know, vet visits. And it is a financial strain at some times. But, but he's, he's so totally cute. worth it. He's so and he's worth like it. he's like the best dog ever. Callie, you're a great dog too. I love you both. But <laughs> just, cons- if you can handle it, consider it because they deserve great homes too and he's made such a great pet.
3: Yep. Mm, he's yep. so cute.
0: And petty right vibes.
3: Now. We love him,
2: my
1: little
0: beagle. And we
2: so have another,
1: another Josie too. Mm-hmm. Here's another piece of good news. So, 1.5 million shelter animals euthanized every year now, but that has declined from 2.6 million in just 2011. So that's good. We're going down.
2: Okay.
1: Um, and the, they said that this could be attributed to technology, technological advances like chips and stuff. So more pets are being able to be returned to their owners.
0: Uh-huh. Good. Oh, yeah, my dogs have the chips. Yep.
1: Mm-hmm. Always a good idea. Mm-hmm. So I have a really brief case to tell you guys about just because it's kind of current events and also it ties into what I'm going to talk about next. Uh, back in December of 2017, Virginia woman Bethany Stevens, 22 years old, was found being
0: eaten by her two dogs <gasps> <out> <gasps> on a wooded trail. Oh, um, no. Their dogs... This is why you never go hiking or do anything athletic. Sports. Sports
1: dogs are dangerous.
0: <laughs> the dogs uh, happened to be pit
1: bulls, and their names were Tonka and Pac-Man. Tonka. Oh, God. And they are Beavis. also in the big
0: martini glass in the sky because they were
1: euthanized because, duh.
0: Um, I just want to make... One thing very clear, however, because you're there is such a stigma about there. pit bulls. I'm Okay, there. good. I want to make sure we're getting there <laughs> we're getting because there. there's a very unfair bias against pit bulls mm-hmm. and I am real fired up about it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> we'll get there. Okay. So these good. dogs
1: happened to be pit bulls and yes, we'll touch on that. According to reports, the dogs were left in the care of uh, Bethany's father, and mm-hmm. so she lived separately and she would come to visit them frequently, but less often than obviously when they were living with her. Mm-hmm. And then also in this living arrangement with her father, the dogs were kept outside in a kennel whereas mm-hmm. they had been indoor dogs when they lived with her.
2: Oh, so I don't that's know important. how, I don't know. I mean, I guess some people have to do that, but I just think that would be such a hard transition for a dog.
1: Yeah. 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 Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, apparently it was. Clearly, yeah. Um. So she came over like almost every day, every other day to hang out with them. But again, mm-hmm. they were living outside, whereas they had been living inside. Um, so she came over that day and took them out for a walk in the woods. And when she didn't come home after like a day or like at least a very long amount of time, Her father went out looking for her and found what was apparently a horrifically mauled carcass and two dogs (gasps) guarding it. He at first thought it was like an animal carcass. So they Mm -hmm. weren't. And that's how badly she was eaten up.
2: So they weren't stuck there, the dogs. It wasn't like they were tied to something and they had -hmm. nothing else to eat.
1: No, no. And we'll get to that too. Um, So the dogs were guarding her body. And then mm-hmm. the the guy went back, called the cops, because I think still at this point he didn't realize that that was his daughter. Mm-hmm. She oh. just thought there was something wrong. Um, the cops came and they said that they witnessed the dogs eating parts of her flesh and later said oh. that she had defensive wounds, so they concluded that the dogs had attacked and killed her and were eating her later.
3: No.
1: Um, according to dogsbite.org... <laughs> Which I thought was interesting. It wasn't dog bites. It was (laughs) dogsbite.org.edu.gov. There were there were 22 dog bite related fatalities in the United States in 2016. Mm -hmm. Pit pit bulls contributed to oh shit, this isn't right. I think 27 dog bite related fatalities, and pit bulls Mm. contributed to 22 of these, or 71 percent. Mm. while well, well, pit bulls are only 6% of the dog population in the United States. And oh. Rottweilers came in second with two of these deaths.
0: When are we going to get to the part where pit bulls are vindicated in this situation? <laughs> I have this is one not more
1: sentence, and then I'm I getting want. to that. Almost I half t- of these... What? <laughs> I was going <gonna sighs> to say cognitive dissonance. Yeah. I don't want to hear this. We're getting there. Okay. I'm just laying Good. out the facts. I'm telling you why people think that pit bulls and Rottweilers are so dangerous because they are involved in a lot of these fatal attacks. Mm-hmm. Um, of these attacks, almost half were kids under nine, and most of the victims were women. That is also mm-hmm. important. Uh, pit bull advocates say that, they, that pit bulls are not inherently violent, but they are often used for fighting or treated poorly, and that causes them to attack people. And yeah. these dogs. Correct biologically are very strong physically and also very assertive Mm -hmm. so just psychologically when they decide to do something they do it
0: they're also incredibly smart so they're easy to be trained that's why they're so great as fighting dogs because they have like all of those elements they're strong and they're resilient and they're assertive and they're really fucking smart So when you train them to do something like Attack! Yeah, they're they gonna do, do right. it every time. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and even if you don't train them to attack, as I'm sure most pit bull owners don't do, they don't train them to attack. But yeah. uh, mm-hmm. if they are, if they have a certain level of anxiety and they decide that they are in danger, they need to defend themselves in a split second. Yeah, they will defend themselves mm-hmm. very powerfully. Mm-hmm.
2: That being so, said, there's always the exception to the rule with any breed, oh, yeah. and I think my yeah. aunt and uncle had a pit bull or a pit mix, and mm-hmm. it uh, it was a rescue and it had been trained to fight, but it didn't it like basically that it didn't have that personality. It wasn't an mm-hmm. aggressive dog just naturally, and so it was abandoned by whoever oh. was trying to train it to fight, um, and then they rescued it and it was. a sweet sweet, gentle loving family dog for like the
1: whole time time they're so sweet yeah
0: and they're so cute and they're so soft yeah um you know what dog is like shockingly dangerous especially if you have kids is wiener dogs
1: yeah they're very
0: nippy and aggressive and they will go for like a crawling baby's face Mm -hmm. that's like a legit thing shit man Um, So
1: the ASPCA says that a well-socialized pit bull is no more dangerous and no less intelligent than a golden retriever. So Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. if you want a pit bull because they're so cute and adoptable (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you socialize it well, it's going to be the nicest family dog you'll ever have. Like there's nothing inherently dangerous about a
0: pit bull.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm. But that being said, socializing a dog is hard work. So Mm -hmm. I was just gonna say if you are rehabilitating
0: if you're rehabilitating any kind of dog, whether it be a pit bull or anything with aggression or like social anxiety disorders, make sure you have the time and the space to be able to really commit to that because rehabilitating it for the first time. Right exactly. So make sure you're able to take on that kind of responsibility because it is a full time job.
2: Yeah, Mm -hmm. it really is. Also our dog Josie is like very, very submissive and passive and gentle and whatever. As
1: afraid of beetles.
2: Afraid of <laughs> afraid of anything. A beetle flew into the house the other night, and she f- she fled under the coffee table. Was like it's so Thanks,
1: cute.
3: Thanks,
2: baby. So so ferocious. No, but um, oh, she's so big too. <laughs> she's big and just such a baby. But um, she's also racist, and we try really oh, hard God. to socialize her. Oh, no. <laughs> she lives. We- I know. No. We try so hard to socialize her and, and, you know, we have friends over and everything and just try to get her comfortable. But, like, sh- she's racist. It takes oh, her a to get very woke. long time to warm up to people of color. Like, anyone who oh, isn't as my. pale as I am, basically. God. <laughs> it's, it's really Zach a problem. it's a
1: sunburn.
2: <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm really sorry. I
1: tried. Oh, try. my God. Oh. Oh, that's bad. Yeah,
2: <laughs> she was six months when we got her. We don't really know what happened before that.
0: Mm-hmm. Jesus, well, keep working on that.
1: Yeah. Okay. It's a struggle. <laughs> so I, uh, several weeks ago, when I was first reading about that story I just told you guys about, I was googling it because obviously, and I read this really cool article from National Geographic about why pi- pets might eat their owner. <laughs> ah! hmm. Okay. And it's a behavior called indoor scavenging, and it's not necessarily because the pet was hungry. Oh, um, good. So, let's say, like, and this is, this is just about, like, people being found in their homes, and their pets have, like, been eating them. It's yeah. not, it's not, this isn't necessarily about pets Attack. attacking and killing their it's like owner. people
0: who die.
1: Yeah, so. Like
0: how Lucy is going to die alone and be eaten by her cats. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh, for sure. And yep. I'll get to that. Yep. Honestly, as long as I'm already dead. Go well, for it. Whatever. Yeah. I'm not brings, using it.
2: Brings
0: them
1: no. joy. Okay. I'm not using my lips. Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> Good God.
1: Okay. So generally, pets, uh, dogs and cats, try to provide comfort by licking, especially their head, the head and face area of their owner. Mm-hmm. So they'll be like, maybe they'll start to nuzzle and lick you. And then um, licking and affection can easily turn into biting. As I know from one of my cats in particular, like all of a sudden I'll be petting.
2: Speaking of pets, Josie. jeez, Is there a cat? Is there a cat outside? It's a beetle. Oh my God.
0: Oh God, it's a beetle. Everybody (laughs) run. (laughs) Burn it with fire.
2: (laughs) It's a person of color. batten down the hatches.
0: I'll be right back.
1: Oh my God! So, licking and affection can easily turn into biting, as I know from one of my cats, Ray.
3: Mm. I'll be
1: like, you know, petting him and being all nice, and all of a sudden he's like attacking my hand, and I know it's because mm-hmm. he loves me, mm, but sure. like it hurts. Yeah. Um. So, fine line between licking and biting, um, and they also might start biting if they're like kind of panicking. So, mm-hmm. like if they're if you're unresponsive on the floor and they're trying to revive you. And then they start to panic, that could easily turn into biting. And then if they taste blood, then their instincts can kick in and they'll just eat your face off.
0: Oh! Okay. And also, right. like... That escalated quickly. Faces are
1: super <laughs> f- faces are super fleshy and soft, especially your nose and lips, so generally... Delicious. If you've if, never
0: had pig cheek, woo! You haven't lived.
1: Woo! Pork belly.
0: <laughs> so good.
1: Mm. <laughs> um, so here's a quote from the article that I thought was cool. The pattern of scavenging didn't match the feeding behavior of canines in the wild. And they're referring to, like, these cases of pets eating their owners. They don't Mm -hmm. match the feeding behaviors of canines in the wild. When dogs scavenged dead owners indoors, 73% of cases involved bites to the face and just 15% had bites to the abdomen. By contrast, Mm. canines scavenging outdoors have a well-documented pattern, opening the chest and abdomen to eat the nutrient-rich organs early on, followed by the limbs. Like wolves. Yeah, like wild canines. Only 10% of those cases involve wounds to the head. So it's a very different type of eating a
0: person. (laughs) So really is
2: just that process of, like, sniffing, licking, comforting, and then, like, oh! Oh,
0: oh god. Oh, food. Oh, it's delicious. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry. Uh-huh. It's so good. You're delicious.
1: So, of course, sometimes it is because the pet is hungry. Uh, one case in 2015 involved a chow and a lab mix surviving for about a month after their Ooh. owner died. Oh, oh god. Oh,
2: baby muffin. All poor that this baby. was
1: kind of cool. All that was left of the owner was the top of the skull, so I assume like the hair? a wig the wig <laughs> Their and wig qu- and quote some bone shards so they so ate, wait they
0: ate the bones they, they went to ate town. most of the bones oh like that person my was Lord.
1: gone in a month so wow so going back to uh, Josie's this part woman and chow part lab that's yeah. fun. well these were two Have different fun. dogs a oh. chow and a lab okay Two dogs. But
0: combined, yeah. they will eat you. I'd be gone
1: in two weeks. So. <laughs> yep. Uh, so going back to this woman in Virginia's horrible death, um, according to this article, a dog who's fearful or insecure or anxious might be more likely to advance from that licking to biting to eating. So mm-hmm. after, you know, minimal research and plenty of distance from this case, I would venture a guess that these dogs were... Upset about being kenneled outside and they were feeling anxious and they had separation anxiety and something happened and they just attacked her and ended up eating mm-hmm. her and it's horrible. Holy yeah. crap. Um, I've got some photos on the drive of her. Actually, they are currently on my desktop, but they will be on the blog later. Of her alive? <laughs> yeah, of her Please? alive with her dogs. Oh, okay. thank God. Okay. Oh, right. uh, no like, photos of Lord. her body.
0: No. No.
1: But okay. the dogs look so cute and she looks so happy with them. And, like, all accounts from her friends and family say that those dogs loved her and she loved mm-hmm. them. So, I oh. mean, they're also triggered. animals, and we can't understand what happened mm-hmm. completely. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, if your pet has eaten a face or murdered someone, you might be interested to know that in medieval times, animals were tried just like people were.
2: Yeah. Really?
1: Yeah. And I think this was largely because of religion-driven social rules, and they thought that animals had some amount of moral agency that could be compared to humans. Hmm. Which
2: doesn't so, that fly in the face of, like,
1: modern interpretation of the Bible, that, like, animals yeah, have no Yeah, that sounds soul? like
0: blasphemy. Yeah. yeah. Well...
1: <laughs> yeah, but at the time, I mean, so much of what happened in reality to them was at the hands of God. Yeah, that they yeah. probably were just doing all sorts of crazy shit. Um, so like a pig being hanged, for example, could <laughs> illustrate to God that his hierarchy was being restored. Like hmm. we put this pig down. humans are back in charge. okay, you know, please restore this natural hierarchy. banish the you devil. Know, let our. Let our crops grow again, or okay. <laughs> something. Yep, logic. Um, so they actually had strict legal processes for these accused animals. And here's an excerpt from a Slate article relating to the murder of a five-year-old boy in France in 1457, in which a sow and her five piglets were accused <laughs> of this boy's oh, murder.
0: My God, no,
2: don't the piglets! The piglets into this? They're the minors. Piglets.
1: Don't worry, the piglets were acquitted, but the cell was hanged. Oh my god. And here is an excerpt from this article. This is amazing. Judges routinely considered animals' personal circumstances before making a legal decision. Oh my god. Take the exonerated piglets in this anecdote. The judge deemed them innocent not only on technical grounds because no witnesses came forth to confirm that the piglets had attacked, but also because the pigs were immature and thus poorly positioned to make clear choices. (laughs) Furthermore, they were raised by a rogue mother, he indicated... and thus unable to internalize the proper codes of conduct for village-dwelling piglets.
0: Fucking patriarchy, (laughs) of course. It's the mom's fault.
1: (laughs) A rogue
2: mother. Where was their dad, huh? I'd
0: Mm -hmm. like to know that. I haven't heard anything about
1: the
2: dad in the picture. Single (laughs) public mom with
0: five piglets. I mean, come on.
2: Yeah, she's just trying to get by. Mm -hmm.
1: So uh, later in this article, we also read that intentions mattered as well. In a 1379 case, also in France, the son of a swine keeper was attacked and killed by two herds of swine.
0: Oh my God. What an awesome way to die. (laughs)
1: Oh, I can't imagine a worse way than to be eaten by pigs. Oh. Oh God. The court determined that one herd initiated the attack while the other joined in afterward. The judge sentenced both herds to death because their evident cries of enthrallment during the melee were said to confirm their expressed approval of it, whether they were directly responsible or not.
2: Because they were squealing with delight.
1: Yeah, Mm a sow was hanged in fifteen six or a sow hanged in 1567 was convicted not only for assaulting a four-month-old girl, but for doing so with, quote, extra cruelty. Oh, that is.
2: (laughs) Okay, let's get back to the hanging, because pigs Mm -hmm. don't have much of a neck.
1: But they have jowls if you get that rope under, Mm -hmm. like, their, you know.
2: Can't you just kill it like you would kill it to eat it?
0: Why hanging? Uh, The punishment. uh, It's a legal punishment. Oh, my God. Why a trial? (laughs) (laughs) Like, that's that's where you're getting hung up. Pun intended. Get it. (laughs) (laughs) The trial for the pig is totally normal, but hanging it is absurd. What are you thinking?
1: Uh, They probably wanted the animal to suffer and to, you know, understand that it did something wrong. Right. That's true. Definitely. These were creepy to times. To understand the moral predicament it had let itself into.
0: And it was France, so are we really that surprised? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh
1: if God. you're going through a creepy time, mm-hmm. you might mm-hmm. consider using talk space.
0: <laughs> you should.
1: <laughs> we're so all going through creepy transition. times, let's be honest.
0: <laughs> if you're considering holding a full-blown trial <laughs> for your pet pig...
2: you definitely need talk space
0: you for sure need talk space
2: (laughs) (laughs) if you're from 14th century france
0: (laughs) and you woke up in 2018 and trump is president and you have no idea what's going on for the love of god and all you want to do is go
1: home to 14th century france because it's Mm -hmm. better there yep (laughs) try talk space um
2: Talkspace is the online therapy company that makes it easy, affordable and convenient to connect you with a qualified, licensed therapist uh, tailored Mm -hmm.
1: just to your needs Um, Kenyon had a recent milestone with Talkspace I
2: did so um, I ended up switching therapists and I love my Mm -hmm. new therapist, her name is Allison shout out and um, yeah, it's great, it's It's so convenient, like, I can literally, I'm here in South Africa, and I can literally just text whenever I feel like it, and then Mm -hmm. a couple times a day, she gets back to me, and, you know, she just asks, like, really interesting questions that kind of draw things Mm -hmm. out. I don't know, it's just a good Mm -hmm. process, and I used to be somebody that went to traditional therapy, but, like, canceled my appointments more than I went to them, Mm -hmm. um, because I have depression and sometimes it's hard to leave the house and also mm-hmm. because I have um, an autoimmune disorder and sometimes I'm sick and it's just mm-hmm. hard to make it to those in-person therapy appointments. But with Talkspace, mm-hmm. I can do it literally from bed or from the bathtub. Or
0: I do so much therapy from the bathtub. Yeah. <laughs> like 90% of my communication with my therapist Emily, shout out Emily, is from my bathtub. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's awesome. It's amazing.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. so And like you said, you just switched your therapist, and it was super easy. It's so easy to switch. It's so not awkward.
2: Yeah, Mm. and you're, you know, it's just... It's, you're not always going to find the perfect match right off the bat, but they will work with you to uh, find the perfect match for you eventually. And so mm-hmm. it's just like with traditional therapy. You just need to find someone that you really click with and whose personality works with yours and whose therapy style works with yours. Like For example, I want someone who's going to like dig into my issues, kind of. Mm-hmm. It's like if you're going mm-hmm. for a massage. like I don't want the light touch. I want the fucking... Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. jujitsu swedish i want to be sore tomorrow (laughs) yeah exactly i want to get into some shit i don't want someone to Mm -hmm. just listen other people want that other people want that lighter approach so um talkspace has all different kinds of therapists with different backgrounds they can treat all different kinds of of issues so um Mm -hmm. it's just really great
0: Guys. And a lot of our listeners have been kind of sharing some of those milestones with us and talking about how they got into talkspace after being really anxious or nervous or afraid of therapy for so long or having been out of therapy for so long. And we are thrilled yep. that you're doing that. I think it's an amazing step toward uh, taking ownership of your mental health. And if this is something that can work for you, we're so glad to, you know, help provide an outlet for that. Um, so give it a try you can go to again talkspace.com forward slash gals you get 30 bucks off your first month um, It's w- even without that discount a whole month of Talkspace costs less than one appointment for me for in person therapy yep. with insurance Yep. so it's totally worth it give it a try if it doesn't work for you you can always explore something else but there's no better time than now to treat your brain
2: treat mm-hmm. your brain all right. Mm-hmm. That is our talk space plug. And now that we're happy and up and talking about our mental health, I'm going to bring us crashing right back down with a super sad story.
0: Woohoo! As per usual. Yeah. Classic Kenyan. Yeah. Classic. <laughs> All right. And then I'll round it out with something fucking insane yeah. like I typically do. Yeah, exactly. So don't you worry, y'all.
2: Okay. So. Um, I also just want to preface with the fact that I probably spent the most time researching this case of any of my cases, and yet it's super short because there's it's just. The
0: shortest one you've ever done. Yeah,
2: there's just like, <laughs> n- the information is just not out there. Like, All right, well. Whatever. But I tried really okay. hard, guys. Okay. So, shortly after 7 a.m. on Friday, September 8th, 2017, recent mm-hmm. case. Um, 19-year-old Andrew Wilson, double L, uh, called 911 to report that he had returned home to find his 51-year-old mother, Lisa Marie Wilson, murdered uh-huh. in their home.
0: Ooh, okay. okay so it's I don't like it's that.
2: 7 a.m. on a Friday, and he said that he just yeah. returned home and found his hmm. mother murdered. Okay, I want you to go to the drive. These photos will be on the blog. Uh-oh. And look at this Hitler youth-looking motherfucker.
0: Oh, this blonde guy? Oh, he, my yeah. God. Yeah. He is, like, the OG of the Aryan race. Yeah. He is... Oh, my God.
2: ...a terrifying
1: looking. Yeah, he does look like a total Hitler youth. All right, He's, well, good luck with that in prison.
2: Well, actually, he'll Ooh, probably yeah, be fine in prison. So I think blonde. every prison probably has some Aryan uh, gang... You know, racist. Protecting him. Yeah. I hope not. Anyway. Probably. Okay. So, mother and son lived in Wheatfield Township just outside of Lansing, Michigan.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. Uh, Go Mittens. Um, Lisa was a. (laughs) (laughs) Is that (laughs) a sports team? (laughs) I know. There's
0: no way. No. But
2: isn't Michigan shaped like a mitten?
1: Yeah, but I don't know if there's a sports team called the Mittens. Rah, rah, rah,
2: go Mittens the that's menacing
1: mittens
3: yeah oh my
2: god uh, <laughs> whatever okay. we were the skippers yeah yeah that's <laughs> scary okay so lisa was a financial technical advisor and had worked in the insurance field for many years um she just seems like a nice lady she just seemed like mm-hmm. a nice regular
0: mom Yeah, Um, well, she's not a regular mom. She's a cool mom.
2: (laughs) (laughs) No. I'm pretty sure Andrew's parents were divorced. They were at least not living together um, at this time. Uh, He also had an older brother named Michael, who was definitely not at home at the time of the murder, and Michael basically looks exactly like his brother, but, like, a foot and a half taller. Yeah. It's, like, crazy. They're, like, little clones of each other. Great, there's two of them. Yeah, mm-hmm. oh, perfect. Just there's what this world
0: needs. Multiple of,
2: <laughs> of that. Um, Lisa had been shot one time in the back of her head while she slept. Mm-hmm. Uh, ballistics indicated that a .22 Magnum had been the murder weapon, and that is the rifle, not the delicious ice cream bar.
0: Son of a bitch. <laughs> Fine. They're so good. So I good.
2: I know, so so I'm, I'm so hungry. I'm going to go have one like right after this. Okay. Hungry um, ghost. People have been clamoring for <laughs> hashtag I'm so hungry merch.
0: We're going to have to do it because <laughs> <laughs> we're not even trying to say it every so- episode. We just are always hungry. I'm so hungry.
2: It's 9 p.m. I haven't had dinner. Okay. Okay. Um, so the teen had told investigators that he returned from an early morning drive. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. There's no way. Um, and simply found his mother dead in her bedroom. Oh, how curious. Um, but it wasn't long before the grim truth was revealed. Bum, bum, bum. So the previous night, Lisa had told her son that he would not be allowed to keep the puppy he had brought home a few weeks earlier. Oh, and I could not find any details about this puppy. I really searched. Yeah. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I like gorgeous. scoured the internet. Could not find Show any details. the puppy. <laughs> we just want the
1: puppy. <laughs>
2: Couldn't find a breed or a photo or a name or anything. Um, so she had told her son, you can't keep the puppy at my house. Um, but he can stay or he or she, whatever, can stay at it. your father's house which Mm -hmm. was nearby in Dansville, Michigan, about a 12-minute drive away.
0: Fair enough. Seems like a fair compromise. Right.
2: So, Andrew later admitted to investigators that during the night, uh, after that argument, he took a rifle from the home's locked cabinet and fatally shot his mother in retaliation.
1: For not letting him keep the dog?
0: Yep. At her house. He can keep the dog just yeah. at the other parent's house. Yep.
1: What the
0: Also, fuck? what's the point of a locked gun cabinet if your children can access it? There right. I said it.
2: Well, I mean te- I know te- technically he's an adult, but yeah. Don't care. Yeah. No. It's it's craziness, you guys. Like <sighs> yeah. There's no point. It's ridiculous. Okay. So he then left the house and drove around back roads for a while uh, before discarding the rifle at an undisclosed random location. And he then returned to his mother's home on Lynn Road and called 911, pretending to have just found her dead.
0: Uh Uh-huh.
2: The firearm was quickly recovered by police. Uh, it had a spent shell casing and a live round still inside it. I know nothing about guns, but that was in a lot of articles so I included it.
0: Well, that's probably just to show that they had all of the ballistics evidence that they needed because they had an unscratched live round that hadn't gone through yet Yeah that they could match to the bullet and then they had the casing so they could line up yeah, you know all of the whatever like the grooves after a bullet shot.
1: Right, oh, you're smart. Yeah, I'm just
0: saying. That gives you the before and the after. That's probably why that was important.
1: There you go. Yeah.
2: yeah. Just saying. Oh just yeah. Saying. Oh, you're oh. smart. Oh Heck yeah. gal, oh. she's
0: been in school for what a whole week. The my most god.
1: Smartest. <laughs> most smartest. Best damn tapper. Okay. Is that for me or my ballistics oh. knowledge? <laughs>
0: My implied ballistics knowledge. It's just what I imagined is the case.
1: You're 100% incorrect. Someone's going to yep. email us. Can't wait. Okay. Speculate
0: okay. wildly. Please don't email us about that ballistics <laughs> bullshit. I but don't do care email us if I'm right. I sounded of, smart.
1: Do email us photos of this puppy in question. Yes. We
0: have to know more. If you more. can find yes, out about this puppy,
1: we will send you a fucking patriarchy wine glass.
0: Because without knowing what the puppy looks like, we really don't know if it was if it worth, was worth it. killing for.
1: <laughs> well, so. there's a really good chance its name was fucking Lucy, so. It was definitely yeah. Lucy, yeah.
0: Okay. It's such a good name for a pet.
1: Uh, it was Hitler Jr. <laughs> <laughs> It was a Little
0: Adolf.
2: Adolf. Uh, <laughs> okay. Andrew Wilson was denied bail and charged with murder and felony firearm possession. Um, Good. Because I'm pretty sure he didn't have any kind of uh, gun license, just his no. mother or father did. Um, mm-hmm. The teen had no previous criminal history. Um, Mm. He had been receiving uh, outpatient mental health treatment for 30 days before the incident, but that is something that we advocate for and promote and you should be getting. Um, But he had not been prescribed any mental health medication and was not taking any medication at the time.
0: And as far as you could find in your research, there wasn't any kind of diagnosis that would maybe shed some light Okay, so he's 19, he's a teenager, he could have been in therapy for any number of reasons. I was. Yeah, his,
2: well, his parents were divorced, I'm presuming, mm. like, who knows? And also mm-hmm. just, like, I definitely was already presenting signs of my depression at 19. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. it's the most depressing time. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. This is wild, though. His uh, defense attorneys brought up the fact that Andrew had previously, quote, received high doses of chemotherapy to treat Hodgkin's lymphoma five years prior to the attack. And that okay. they were...
0: how is that relevant?
2: Well, they were, quote, concerned that some residual effects... Uh, of the chemotherapy may not have manifested themselves until recently and these high doses of chemotherapy may have affected their client's judgment
0: five years later
2: also chemotherapy isn't what that doesn't affect your judgment
0: what i mean the only way i could see it having an effect on your mental health is Certainly during the process because it's such a grueling.
2: Of course, yeah. Um,
0: but. It's not going to make you never, kill someone. No, I'm not. At, we're obviously not experts in cancer treatment, but having had a close friend who went through several rounds of chemotherapy, yeah. it didn't make her a murderous, <laughs> you know, psycho over a puppy. No. Like, that doesn't make any sense. That seems, that seems like, like it's a grasping real reach. at straws. They're just yeah. Lying yeah. For
1: anything. That said. We are also not experts. So
0: maybe there was. Who knows? Maybe but there was, but... No. I mean, Show me the keep medical keep... journal that supports that that is possible, and I will eat crow. Maybe there yeah. was, but
2: there fucking wasn't. So... Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Andrew, well, I think they were just trying to get sympathy, to be honest. To be like, he survived sure. Hodgkin's lymphoma, and, like, look at him, he's, like, a young kid, whatever. Yeah. I think that's what it was about, to be honest. Um... Andrew Wilson recently, like in early January, um, underwent a psychiatric evaluation at the Michigan Center for Forensic Psychiatry and has been deemed competent to stand trial. So, presumably, the trial is uh, forthcoming. Um, Lisa. Oh, we'll have
0: to do a follow up. This was last September? This was in
2: September 2017. Dang. So yeah. like five months ago. Yeah.
1: yeah. So this kid is currently in jail awaiting his trial. Yes. Correct.
2: Yes. Damn. Because he was denied bail. So he's been in police custody like since it happened. Um, Lisa's heartbreaking obituary reads, uh, surviving to cherish her memory are her sons, Michael and Andrew.
0: Yeah. Yikes. And mm. and also
2: that she loved spending time with her family, playing games, and going to her son's sporting events.
0: Oh my God, she was like a sweet Midwest mom.
1: Yeah, aww, she really was. Of and who sweetheart. just had the audacity to compromise on puppy ownership? Yeah, to just and, be and
0: got know, shot if the in parents the head. are separated, we don't know their living situation. They could have been in a smaller home, you know. She could have been. She's probably working, yeah. and it's very possible that a nineteen-year-old is not being super responsible about all of the things that go into a puppy, which is very different from having a dog. Yep, mm-hmm.
2: yep. A puppy is it's a lot. It's perfectly
0: reasonable. Yeah, it's perfectly reasonable for her to be like, "Listen, we can't handle this in our household. Talk to your dad and see if the puppy can stay there. Yeah, yeah. Not a big deal.
1: Right, Chill can the you fuck Remember. Out? Kenyon, remember at Art on the Lake that one year when you Mm -hmm. bought a kitten out of a cardboard box? I bought
2: bought a kitten from fellow children. I was in like Mm -hmm. fourth or fifth grade and they were maybe middle schoolers and they were just alone with no parental supervision selling kittens out of a cardboard box in a public park. And I paid $3 and I got a kitten and I named it Merlin.
0: I was hard (laughs)
2: in my Wicca phase and um <laughs> lots
1: of Catherine of Aragon
2: <laughs> no um
1: Miss of Avalon that's
0: what you mean oh, yes of Avalon. I loved that series
1: so much and Catherine
2: called and oh my god Catherine called was so good um so <laughs> that I brought it home and I was walking up the front steps and this and the door was open but the screen door was still shut and my mom said what's that and I said um <laughs> it's Mer." and she goes take it away no 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 and yep. she didn't even let me inside the house with the no. kitten and so she's then she's like did you get a receipt <laughs> yeah <laughs> and obviously return it obviously those kids weren't still in the park they had like fucking high-tailed it out of there Skateboarded away. Yeah. (laughs) But my mom's best friend who already had, like, a dog and three cats took it on as, like, one more cat. and uh, Yeah. So it had a happy life. And I'm actually not a cat person, so it was probably for the best. Kitty. Yeah. Yeah, but I didn't murder my mom over it.
1: Such restraint that you have.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so um, it's unclear who retains custody of the pup. Um, it's definitely not Andrew, because he's in jail. The police,
1: the dog is also in police custody.
2: (laughs) (laughs) They're like, we don't
1: totally know that you weren't involved in the murder, Mm -hmm. so we need you as a witness. I'm
2: assuming either his, one of his family members has the dog now, or it's been given up for adoption, I'm not sure. Um, Mm -hmm. okay, weird side note, because my case was so short. About one year before this incident, a federal judge dismissed a lawsuit that was brought against the main detective in this case, and his name was Detective Charles Buckland, as well as fellow uh, Ingham County Sheriff Gene Rigglesworth.
0: Oh my God, that name is amazing.
1: (laughs) Buttersworth? Rigglesworth.
2: I love it. Um, (laughs) The suit alleged that Buckland and Rigglesworth, so a detective (sighs) and the sheriff, had retaliated against and attempted to ruin the reputation of the county circuit court judge, Rosemary Aquilina. Okay. And this was because after a defendant in a sexual assault case had tried to stab the assistant prosecutor with a shank in the courtroom... (laughs) Good <gasps> lord! And there's video. Oh. This dude, dude just fucking lunges across the room. It's craziness. God. Um, the judge uh, allowed a reporter to watch the video of the shocking event in order to bring attention to the lack of security in the court. So basically, she was okay. like, "How was this defendant able to just lunge across the room and bring a shank right. into the courtroom?" Yeah. Right. Um, so she sent, she showed it to a reporter, and then that embarrassed the sheriff's department. And so the sheriff's department, in retaliation, started to investigate the judge. Um, of
0: course they did. And
2: asked the prosecutor to charge her with obstruction of justice. Oh, okay. For releasing the video? Yeah, for showing yeah. the video to a reporter. And um, Judge Aquilina alleged that uh, Buckland and Rigglesworth... Um, defamed her by falsely representing her as a felon to the media. Um, so they, they apparently gave interviews to the media about this case, being like, well, she's a felon, she broke the law by showing this video.
1: Mm. Oh, my God. Give me a break. Yeah, and uh,
2: she claims in her suit that their investigation was malicious because it was motivated out of embarrassment for the shank attack. End
0: quote. <laughs> so did this side note have any Da-da. connection to your Da-da. case about the puppy, or was it just It was just wild.
2: I saw the name oh, okay. Rigglesworth, and I went down a rabbit hole, and it it paid off.
1: Oh my god, I thought you were going to tie it back to the dog. And so did I. Wrigglesworth Rigglesworth
0: no has a luck. dog. No, I'm There we go. No, I do May or may thought, not have a dog.
1: No I dog. thought that every proceeding that happens out in the open in a courtroom is like public not, like, it, the public can access, you know, like, court records are public. Yeah.
0: It is, but there's weird, it might be state-by-state, state, but there's weird stuff about video. That's why you often see, yeah. like, courtroom drawings. drawings and not photographs or or film.
2: That's true. I uh, think it is state-by-state. Yeah, right. state. yeah.
0: So, like, the stenography and the, you know, the court report is public knowledge, and then those like, court, you know. Yeah. Uh, what Stay are they called? Illustrators stray. or whatever. That's <laughs> okay. all public knowledge, but I think that there are different <laughs> rules about photography and video. That's not
1: <laughs>
0: No, it's not.
1: <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah,
2: the shanker got charged with terrorism. Good. For shanking in a courtroom. So that's
1: it. I wonder if he put the shank up his butt.
3: I don't know.
2: He
1: had it
0: somewhere. No, like, to that, get it in there.
2: That would not be comfortable. Or safe. If you
0: put it in the
1: shaft first, handle he sheathed first.
0: The shank in the shaft of his mm. ass Shitter. crack.
1: Mm. Mm. Shitter. Mm. That's number
2: one way to get hammerheads.
1: He yep. shit out the shank. <laughs>
2: Judge the in time. <laughs> Judge in time. Alright, that's shank my case. That's my case. Amanda, what you got?
0: Nicely done. A. Okay. <laughs> um, Oh, thank you for the side note. Yeah, I love (laughs) that That has nothing to do with anything. Random story that has nothing to do with the entire episode. Love it.
1: Okay. And now, a word from our sponsor.
0: (laughs) (laughs) HelloFresh
2: is a meal kit delivery service that shops, plans, and delivers your favorite step-by-step recipes and pre-measured ingredients so you can just cook, eat, and enjoy...
0: You can choose your delivery for what day works best for you within your crazy schedule. And like all things that we love on Wine and Crime, it's delivered right to your door so you don't have to leave your house in Ever. recyclable, insulated packaging. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> They've got three plans to choose from, classic, veggie, and family. And I chose the veggie package and In my box, I chose to make first the chickpea-powered Mediterranean couscous. Mm. It was so good, you guys. Mm. Like, so filling. There was feta, cheese. Mm. I love feta.
0: There was feta in one of my recipes, too.
1: I got to learn a new method of cooking, so that's always cool. And best part, I thought, each recipe comes with a wine pairing. Oh,
0: they are going straight to our hearts. And it's all, Mm -hmm. like, portioned and packaged separately so that measuring is much less of an issue, and it's really, really convenient. It makes you seem like Gordon Ramsay, but with minimal effort. You don't have to It's mask. so easy. Mm-hmm.
1: And the recipe has photos. Exactly. Which I always appreciate. So mm-hmm. it
0: does make it super easy to cook these incredibly delicious balanced meals. And on average, these dinners are only 10 bucks a meal per person, which is far less than you're spending going out to eat, which is awesome. And again, you don't have to leave your house to go to the grocery store. You don't have to worry about meal planning every week. I actually super hate Having to make a schedule of meals, it's annoying. And then I end up making the same stuff over and over again. This just gives Mm -hmm. that little element of surprise and switches it up. Um, Every recipe also comes with nutrition facts. Um, This makes, for someone like me who has type 1 diabetes, it makes my management so much simpler. It takes a lot of the guesswork out of how many carbohydrates or calories or sugar content um, are in each recipe. So that comes on the back of the recipe card that comes with your uh, box. It's super awesome.
2: I am so jealous that Lucy and Amanda get to try HelloFresh that I am seriously considering moving back to the United States just so that I can subscribe to (laughs) HelloFresh. I am not kidding, you guys. (laughs) Um,
0: This is the sponsor that did it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this Thank is God. It.
2: This is the tipping point. Um, for $30 off your first week of HelloFresh, visit HelloFresh.com and enter the promo code GALS30. That's gals S three zero at checkout. All right. Thanks so much. Now back to the show.
0: So this case is uh, interesting, mm-hmm. and I chose it <laughs> for... The reasons that you will come to light, um, and there is a delicious treat at the end of this case that uh, I have to be real is one hundred percent the reason I chose it. So,
1: is it a Magnum ice cream bar? Oh, it's not. Oh my god! Okay. Yes. God
0: damn it! Just sit back and relax and meet the Pigeon King.
1: <laughs> Pardon? <laughs> like from Home Alone?
0: The Pigeon. And Mary Poppins? King Arlen Galbraith had bred and raised <laughs> pigeons since he was a child.
1: <laughs> and his
0: brother, Garbraith Allen. Brother Galbraith.
2: This is red. my favorite I hope, story.
0: I hope HelloFresh has squab. <laughs> as part of its rotation. I went through this oh, weird... Oh, you'll learn what squab is. <laughs> I
2: went through this weird phase when I lived in New York when I was like 19, actually, and I had $40 a month. Or no, no. Yeah, no, I had $40 a week to live off of. And there was this really cheap Vietnamese restaurant, and, like, the cheapest oh, no. thing on the menu was quail. Oh,
1: I'm yep. pretty sure I wired you 40 bucks one time. Because you were just so I was, poor. I was
2: penniless, you guys. Mm-hmm. I stole toilet paper from the public library to survive. Like, I love it. I was so fucking broke. No, but... um. Yeah, so I ordered, I ate a lot of quail, actually.
0: Hmm. Well, (laughs) quail and squab are different, but the quail you were eating, I can almost guarantee, was was pigeon. Was was (laughs) definitely pigeon. Was bunghole,
2: 1,000%. He claimed
0: that through his half century of experience, he had bred a superior racing pigeon.
1: Okay.
0: (laughs) Arlen began his pigeon breeding scheme in 2001. His oh, pitch was simple. Quote, I have a plan to save the family farm. And he wanted to quote, put smiles on people's faces.
2: Ooh, I don't like those
1: people.
0: Yep. What's a racing pigeon? Yeah, I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory. It is a <laughs> pigeon that you race.
1: Yeah, but if you no, just let a pigeon go, no it's gonna fly in
0: any direction. No, you, you don't, train not a racing pigeon. You
1: train them. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Please don't stop me for such stupid bullshit. <laughs>
1: I have lots of questions about racing pigeons. Yep, it's fine. they're gonna have to wait it later. until you
0: can Google them yourself.
1: <laughs> I just can't believe this wasn't part of your notes. That's all. Taking That's
0: all. advantage of the fact <laughs> that farms across Canada and the United States were starting to see income dives, the likes of which we hadn't seen since the Great Depression, mm. Arlen took his business promises to the farming folk of Canada, promising rich returns. Mm. Again with farmers the farmers were to buy a breeding pair of pigeons at prices that range between 100 and 250 bucks a pair. And under a 10 year contract, Galbraith guaranteed to buy back each chick for $10. $10 each. Okay. 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 So a pair of pigeons can raise about 10 offspring a year. So within 12 to 24 months, one to two years, the farmers would have earned back their investment on the breeding pair. Mm-hmm. And then continue to make money as long as the breeding pair continued to breed. So it seems like a pretty simple
1: Why, and wh- pretty What's in it for him? It's he, a pigeon pyramid scheme. Yeah, that, that <laughs>
0: precisely. You okay. will we'll get there. Okay. Through ads in farm magazines and mailings, he recruited his first investors. Many were the Mennonites in Waterloo County, Southern Ontario. When asked about the end market for the pigeons, Galbraith was always KG. <laughs>
1: About his in (laughs) nestments,
0: so good. He alluded to a high demand with
2: finances.
0: He was he alluded to a high demand for raising pigeons in the Middle East and Asia, but always kept the details to himself. Mm. He produced a newsletter, The Pigeon Post. In which he published (laughs) glowing testimonials. One was from a family that was enduring the hardship of terribly sick children and a rundown property. Quote, and then came the pigeons. What a blessing. (laughs) (laughs) The business grew and expanded into the United States. The Amish and Mennonite communities in Pennsylvania were eager to get in, as were the Hutterites in Manitoba and other farmers in the American Midwest. By December 2007... The Globe Mail newspaper had reported that in six years, the company had signed up 700 farmers across Canada and the U.S. Its network included around 100,000 birds, and the company claimed to be the second largest pigeon breeder in the world, which it probably was.
1: Oh, my God.
0: Yep. Mm. People who got into the breeding scheme at the beginning may actually made quite a bit of money. However, what later investors didn't know was that Galbraith was making payments, was like how he was making payments to the early adopters, so he had been operating a pretty classic pyramid scheme, and we're going to talk about that now.
1: Oh, okay, okay. You got he that was,
0: quick. Yeah, she did.
1: Thanks. He I was just selling, assume everything is a scam. Yeah, <laughs> yep.
0: well, it is. So he was selling the breeding pair, so that's how he got like his base income. You sell the breeding pair for like 250 bucks mm-hmm. to several people. Then when he buys back the chicks at $10 a pop, He's reselling the chicks that he's bought for $10 for another 250 or more dollars to new investors. So he's, mm. like, recycling. So as long as new farmers came in at the bottom of the pyramid, he had enough cash to pay off the higher-ups by selling the pigeon chicks that he'd bought on a dime from previous investors as breeding pairs sold for a mint to new investors. Does that make sense? My
2: problem mm-hmm. is that I can't discern the difference between a pyramid scheme and regular capitalism.
0: Yeah, I mean, they're actually really <laughs> similar. True but
1: pyramid, fucking Shay, Pyramid girlfriend. schemes
0: tend to fall apart because it relies so much on the Bubbles. expansion of, like, base-level investment. And you run out of people that buy into it, like mm-hmm. fucking Cutco knives and shit.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think pyramid schemes technically are all about the people, the, that the
0: new investors. Yes, correct. <laughs> what? They're all, all about, about that face. base, the base of the pyramid. <laughs> it okay. all circles back to the Casper ad. Kenyon's about the thrilled. new
1: recruits recruiting others. Correct. Like, so that the people at the top aren't doing shit except raking their money in.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. And he, Galbraith is at the top, and he is recruiting other people. So, so he's, like, using the positive testimonials team. of new recruits to get other people to come in, and then he's selling... Pigeons that other people are breeding that he only bought for ten bucks for like sometimes two hundred fifty to sometimes five hundred. There are other reports of him selling for more to like make off those costs and whatever.
1: Okay, so it's like a trapezoid
0: scheme. Yep, pretty and people much.
1: People think okay. that they're
2: buying superior racing pigeons.
1: Yes. Okay. It gets. But they're just d- all inbred pigeons. Pretty sooner much. Or later.
0: So, as with all pyramid schemes, the base has to get wider and wider to provide money to pay the older clients, and ultimately, the scam operator will run out of new investors, and that's when most of these scam operators will, like, skip town with no forwarding address. Like, they're done. Right. Mm. By 2007, a few people started to develop suspicions about the viability of Pigeon King International, which is what he called his company.
2: (laughs) Red fucking flag.
0: Yep. What exactly was the end market? Uh, Pigeons dominating the world. Well, he wishes. (laughs) Under pressure to answer this question, Arlen changed his story, telling farmers that the birds were no longer part of a breeding for racing, but were now part of his trailblazing plan to elevate pigeon meat known as squab from a fringe delicacy in North (laughs) America into the next ubiquitous chicken.
1: Yeah. Squab? That's How much squab, squab could possibly be on a given pigeon?
0: Pigeons can get pretty big. They're yeah. not as big as a chicken, but a lot of people eat quail. It's about the same size. There you
1: go. A
2: hmm. lot of people eat mm-hmm. squab thinking it's quail because they're
0: yep. poor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but in the Do end. Guys,
1: oh, sorry. One thing. Do you guys remember that Chinese food restaurant yes. at 7 and 101 that got caught, like, trapping wild Canadian geese in, like, Beijing, their back Minnetonka. parking lot? Yeah, and selling yeah. it
2: as duck, as like roast selling Chinese it as duck. duck.
1: Yeah, they that's just
2: amazing. They're like they their restaurant was in a strip mall next to Cub Foods, and in the Yum. back of it was like this little pond, and they would just catch geese back there, and that's what they would cook.
0: We ordered from there all the time. <laughs> <laughs> like, Hope you don't like Weekly. I don't think we ever got duck. I think we stuck with, like, chicken and beef, but yeah. Oh, well, the chicken might be questionable, too. Yeah. It's probably squab. Anyway, in the end, they were neither racing pigeons or the next New Age delicacy. Um, (laughs) Galbraith, weirdly, had never sold a single pigeon for sport or meat. Again, he just recycled them back in. He had merely taken the young birds he bought from the Pigeon King, International Farmers, and resold them as breeding pairs to other Pigeon King International farmers, shuttling pigeons from one barn to another. Mm -hmm. (laughs) In December 2007, the Attorney General's Office of Iowa released a warning statement. Quote, we believe that potential investors slash buyers should be very cautious and examine the situation very carefully, especially the question of whether there is a realistic and independent market for pigeons now and in the future.
1: Okay, can I just say... (laughs) Up until that point when you said December 2007, I assumed this was in the, the early 50s. 20th century.
0: I was, no.
2: picturing the, I was picturing black and I motherfucking was no, white.
0: No. This was all going down while we were in high school and had access to the internet. I, oh like, this is a new I world you issue.
2: misspoke when you said 2007. No,
0: I did not. 1927. This is... For all intents and purposes, present day. (laughs) Okay.
1: Oh no! White in Ontario.
2: The media got wind of other white meat.
0: Correct. (laughs) The media got wind of a good story, in particular the magazine Better Farming, which ran a series of articles exposing Pigeon King International. Oh, my God. After initially not showing much interest, police started to look into Pigeon King's business operations. This resulted in Arlen appearing before a judge and jury in late 2013 on charges of fraud. Mm. Galbraith ignored the advice that those who represent themselves in court have quote a fool for a client and an idiot for a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> I loved that quote.
2: We should do a whole yep. uh, represent yourself in court episode.
0: Yes. Oh, that'd be so good.
3: Yep.
2: People Ugh. who
0: witnessed the trial described it as bizarre. Galbraith's question to witnesses be, uh, betrayed his feelings of. Paranoia and self pity. He was. He told the court the victim of quote a fear-monger smear campaign. Mm. <laughs> In the guise of questioning another witness, he pointed out he only owed one, owned one suit, like one,
2: Kay. like two piece suit. suit. Yep,
0: was penniless and homeless, <laughs> oh. which isn't funny. But he pointed this out. He said he'd never made any money out of Pigeon King International and claimed, quote, I was doing the opposite of what a criminal would do.
2: Uh, no, well, he weren't. So he, no. was, he, he made wasn't. a pyramid scheme, but he was bad at it.
0: Well, yeah. he was bad at it in the end when it started falling apart and he had to file bankruptcy. But he actually, he's saying this in court, but it's really not accurate. It's accurate for his current situation because... His shit imploded, and he mm. couldn't pay his investors, and he he ran off on all of these investments that he couldn't pay. Mm. But at his, I have some stats for when things were like at their peak.
2: Okay. So beak. the
0: jury, the jury <laughs> at their peak.
3: <laughs>
2: the jury deliberated <laughs> for
0: two days before deciding that Galbraith was a crook. He was given a prison sentence of seven years, and he has never admitted to any wrongdoing, nor has he apologized to his victim. So he's in prison right now.
1: Okay. He's
0: listening um, right now. Yeah, I know. he's listening. Good pigeons. When Galbraith's, yep, I, I'm sending a note to him by pigeon as we speak. When Galbraith's scheme <laughs> finally fell apart, Pigeon King International had almost 1,000 breeders under, uh, under contract in five Canadian provinces and 20 U.S. states. He'd taken nearly $42 million from farmers. And walked away from obligations to buy back $356 million worth of their baby birds, ruining many of those investments. Oh no. Yep, so this is where, like, the fraud and everything he gets charged for. Mm-hmm. Damn. A forensic accountant, which sounds like the most exciting-slash-boring job of all time. Definitely gonna be an episode <laughs> once
2: we're, like, scraping the bottom of the barrel for uh-uh. themes. Yeah. <laughs>
0: forensic I guess accounting! This week we're talking about forensic accounting. Oh my god, that's so um, boring. A forensic accountant determined that to pay off all the breeders signed up, the Pigeon King International would have needed to raise $1.5 billion to cover all costs. (laughs) Ah.
1: That's what you get for investing in pigeons. That's what I would like to call it. He was very passionate about pigeons. I'd call that a feather-brained scheme. It was. (laughs)
0: <laughs> quote I'm not a lawyer Galbraith told the jury summing up his case I'm just a farmer and an entrepreneur trying to defend myself against charges which I believe should have never been brought against me in the first place oh. he then compared himself to Steve Jobs <laughs> Quote, a risk-taker and a visionary, and explained that all he ever wanted was to put joy on people's faces by providing them with a better life through pigeon farming. What the fuck? Yeah. All right. Even a few of his victims weren't sure whether he meant to con them. During the trial, Galbraith asked a farmer named Ken Hoffman, quote, in spite of losing approximately $125,000. Oh, my God. If Arlen Galbraith invited you to join him for dinner to talk about the past, present, and future, would you have dinner with him? Without hesitation, Hoffman responded, "I certainly would." See,
2: that's why. Come on. Getting a beer with someone is not a good barometer for who should
1: no. be president. No. Yeah. Let's just no.
0: put that to bed. Jesus I also Christ. love that that was one of Galbraith's questions during trial yeah. to a witness. Would you come to but dinner like with me? But you like me, right? You want to get have dinner? couple
2: drinks depends on what you're serving because if it's pigeon fuck
0: no no but until he declared bankruptcy galbraith (laughs) had never missed a payment to his customers and never broke a a contract until his shit fell apart and he had to declare bankruptcy and then after he declared bankruptcy he backpedaled on all of those remaining investments and that's when things really like well that's when everything got fucked up right um So, some of the people in the beginning who got in early walked away with six figure payouts on these pigeons. Yeah.
1: Yeah. He probably Um, didn't start out intending
0: to make this whole scheme. He may not have. It's just a simplified business model that is not sustainable.
1: Right. Who knows? He's a pretty simple man. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe should have stopped when he started committing fraud
0: all the time. Exactly. So that's like the standing question is whether or not he knows that he was running a con, but he's never admitted to it, so I guess he's the only one who ever knows. But, you guys, here is the best part. Oh, my God. This is why I chose this this topic. Oh, my God. There is a stage play (gasps) about the Pigeon King, (laughs) written and performed by the Blythe Theater Festival Company in Southern Ontario, (laughs) <laughs> and I have a clip of the title song. So here it is <laughs> The Pigeon King. Oh, oh my god, is it like you're ready? Yeah. The definition <laughs> of an entrepreneur is someone who
3: has the courage to take the risks necessary to create something <laughs> Anyone be great. Anyone who can pigeons for us as an entrepreneur should be considered leaders in their community. <laughs> Amen! <laughs>
0: So they're just on stage singing about the movie. And this play is like still running. Or has like been running off and on forever. And if you go to the drive. Oh my god. You can see some photos obviously of Galbraith who like looks like my dad. There's a picture of him in his only suit which is like a sad wool gray suit with a really bright blue shirt that he chose. Yep. Um... Here are some praises of the Pigeon King. Gil Garrett shines in the Pigeon King. Garrett brings Galbraith to life. Garrett (laughs) is at his best.
1: (laughs) He brings Galbraith to to life.
0: (laughs) And then there's a still of the stage play. And then there's a little graphic of like... I love the graphic. The rundown of a pyramid scheme and then there was actually a big New York Times article written about this. And this is a, a painting that like an artist did of Galbraith sitting with his chicken or his pigeons, which is really creepy and amazing. Oh, my God. I love. It. Yep. It's so, so good. that's the Pigeon King. That was oh amazing. My yeah. <laughs> Bravo. I saw the Pigeon King and I was like, I don't need to know anything else. <laughs> good. There's a play and I he called himself the Pigeon all King. in. We're Nailed all in. Nailed it. Yep.
1: All right. Wow. Well, <laughs> so I still am going to Google pigeon racing, i got to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Do it.
2: Lucy's going <laughs> to be the next pigeon king. The pigeon queen. The pigeon queen.
0: queen. <laughs> pigeon Quan. Queen. Quine.
2: Quine. Pigeon empress. Yes, queen. All right. The pigeon Ooh, empress. Pigeon. Special thanks this week to... Uh, I'm going to be
0: the
1: dolphin of pigeons. <laughs> Sorry.
2: <laughs> <laughs> special thanks this week to uh, the wonderful Patreon supporter who picked this week's uh, topic and who also was very flexible with this week's topic. <laughs> I'm
0: drunk. <but. laughs> Unbeknownst to her. <laughs> uh, K Sparkle, you sparkle and shine.
2: Yeah, Kay Sparkle, oh. we love your sparkle. Uh, Slammy Grandpa. Slammy uh-huh. Grandpa. Uh, also, special thanks to Alistair Craft.
1: Oh, I love that name. very
2: cool name. Canada
1: loves your dinners. Mm -hmm. Mm. (laughs) Mm. Grace Burcham. Mm. Yes, Grace.
0: Yes, Grace. Karen Maurer. Maurer. Karen (laughs) Maurer.
2: Karen, your name is especially hard to pronounce while drunk. Karen Maurer. Yeah,
0: and with adult braces. So, sorry about it.
2: As is this next (laughs) name. Magnus Arnarson.
0: Ooh. Oh
2: Arnarson.
0: I like it. Fred Armisen. <laughs> Magnus Armerson. Fred
2: Armison, our number one fan.
0: Oh. Yeah, Fred Armisen, couldn't you give a little more on Patreon? You've got all that money. Just kidding, Fred. And I thank think he's you, like Magnus. a pervert though, too.
1: So no, Fred good. Armisen? We're good. No, I think he's good. No no no. No, I think he was okay, whatever there was something. Google it. Google right.
0: it. Okay. Oh god. Fred Armison,
1: if you're listening, I'm sorry, give us money.
0: Okay. <laughs> no, don't apologize to him if he's a fucking predator. <laughs> I mean Fred Armison, if you're a predator and you're listening, you can fuck right off. If, if you're, you're not, not a predator, we're really sorry. sorry we accuse you as such, and please give us money. How about that? I don't
1: think he was a predator. I think he was just a gaslighter to his wives.
0: Oh. Uh, okay. I that's don't wanna, what I think
1: it was. Alright, moving on. Thank you, also, Maddie. apparently, Aziz son. Ansari. Aziz Ansari is the next Predator. I yeah, know. I know. I saw that article. Okay.
0: I'm pissed. Stop ruining everything I love.
1: Yeah. Time's up, bitches. Men. <laughs> <All right. laughs> a new Adrian day. Adrian Horner. Adrian Horner. A new day <laughs> on the horizon.
0: <laughs> Thank you Adrian Horner. Thank you so much. You're probably no, not a pervert. Love you. You're most likely not. <laughs> Um, now we're getting into our Patreon tier level where you will be receiving a free fucking patriarchy wine glass. Starting mm-hmm. with Lauren Cochran. Ooh. Congratulations to you and thank you very much. And
1: thank yes. you for having and the that word level. "cock" in your last name.
0: Cockety, <laughs> cocky, Cochran.
1: That free wine glass level, by the way, is ten dollars a month. Ooh. Correct. Ten yep. dollar, ten dollar.
0: Ah, ten dollar make you holla. <laughs> 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 so <his> stupid. <laughs> it's so dumb. I'm also, sorry. we
1: love it when you guys send us and post photos of your fucking patriarchy wine glasses. Yes. So keep it yeah. up.
0: That's like my favorite thing. I love That's it. That's my yeah, favorite and thing. guys wearing or using the merch is so much fun to see. We love that. Yep.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So Taylor Greenaway, when you get your fucking patriarchy wine glass, take a photo of it. Selfie that shit. Yep, Do
1: yep, it. yep ditto for Amy you're so cool you don't need a last name no do it
0: Amy Kristen Kendall thank you so much for increasing your donation from ten dollars to fifteen dollars we so appreciate every penny that comes in it oh, helps damn. us do <laughs> all is, the cool things
2: that is Kirsten Kendall which I think is supposed to be pronounced Kirsten Kendall and we that's have, what
0: I thought I said did I say Kristen yeah, and we fucked Son up. Son of a bitch. <laughs> I
2: fucked up her name the first time she pledged, so now we fucked up her we name every special possible things way. We special at the
0: beginning of the episode, so I'm not like a whole bottle in and I can't read. <laughs> I'm fucking trashed. <laughs> I'm the sorry, R Kirsten and the I Kirsten blend Kendall. together. <laughs>
1: Okay, cover I'm
0: sorry. I oh, love you. I'm love sorry. You
1: also, she's, I spelled it right on your
2: she's, she's packing a, slip. Infinitely patient. Also, big shout out to Jade Crouchman, which is a very cool name. Oh hell yeah!
1: Whoop. Thank you, Jade. Holy shit, that's generous. Yeah, Jade and is you gonna will be get able to, pick, to pick a topic.
2: Yeah, she's gonna get to. He or she mm-hmm. is gonna get to pick a uh, yeah an episode topic and or case and or a
1: wine.
0: As he, she is, or or them.
1: As or they. is. Jason Leesman, a.k.a. The Hidden Masters. Ooh, is this like a podcast shout-out or what? I don't
2: know what The Hidden so, Masters is, but it's... Look it up, It's
0: everyone listening.
2: It's Yeah, look it up. Uh, they have a Patreon.
0: It sounds awesome.
1: So, yeah. Hell yeah.
0: And Jason is also giving 25 a month, so we'll be able to uh, pick a topic, mm-hmm. and yeah. or wine, and or case. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then Angela McGovern... She made a $25 once off donation through our online store at wine and crime So if you do want to support the show, but you are not in a position to make a monthly pledge, this is an equally wonderful way to do it. We really appreciate that. Yep, yes.
1: we do. And
2: also, so generous. of course, special thanks to our sponsor, Talkspace. Go to Talkspace.com forward slash gals, G A L S, for $30 off your first month of treating your brain.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Treat it. You're and dying. also,
1: speaking of our donations and our donators and our patria patriots, <laughs> this <laughs> is the first episode Amanda is recording on her brand new desktop computer.
0: That is correct. <laughs> Your support in a million ways: buying merch, uh, giving on Patreon, and just listening to the show has allowed us to upgrade equipment once again. Yep. So I now have a computer with better processing speeds that will allow me to edit episodes without pinwheeling and making me cry. Yep. Um, It's been a long road. (laughs) Only taken
1: us a year. I'm
0: grateful.
1: And your donations yeah. and your donations have also allowed us to uh, book our reservations for CrimeCon. Yep. CrimeCon Which May. our
0: code is out now. Yeah. Wine uh-huh. Crime.
1: Our code, yep, is- our code is Wine Crime. One word. Wine Crime. <laughs> yep. And that is in Nashville May fourth through sixth. And we mm-hmm. are so fucking jazzed. We're excited so to meet all, getting, uh... meet all of you guys and meet all these other podcasters and just meet new people and see everyone. And we're planning a. meet up for everyone and Mm -hmm. we might have like a small bachelorette party for Kenyon and it's gonna be really fun
2: it's gonna be amazing also wine crime Mm -hmm. using that promo code wine crime one word will get you 10% off the standard ticket price so it helps Mm -hmm. you and it super duper helps us so Mm -hmm. if you're gonna buy tickets to CrimeCon please consider using wine crime the promo code
1: we can't wait to see you yay love it all right Thank you Woo-hoo. all so much for listening. Mwah. Love you. Love you. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Wine and Crime, our cover art is by Kali Yip, music by Phil Young and Corey Wendell. Check out our website and blog at wineandcrimepodcast.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Pod. If you have wine recommendations or creepy true crime stories to share, email us at wineandcrimepodcast at gmail.com. Episodes are available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, basically wherever you get your podcasts. More importantly, if you like the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. It really is the best way to spread the word. We are a totally independent show, so if you'd like to support us and get a shout-out on air... Visit our Patreon page to keep this podcast and the wine flowing. Cheers!
3: Hey, I'm Beth Gibbs, and I host the podcast Totes
1: Recall with three of my funniest and most forgetful friends. On Totes Recall, we use our terrible memories to try to recall movies from our past.
0: Are there pterodactyls in this one? No.
1: I think it doesn't fly away at the very end. No, those are birds. Then we watch the movie off air and come back to talk about how wrong we were. (laughs) To be
2: fair, they were pelicans. They look like pterodactyls. they look a lot like pterodactyls. A lot
3: of birds look like pterodactyls. Especially a pelican.
2: If you put like a chicken...
3: There. You're going to be like, oh, Why would you tar- be a chickadee <laughs> on a
1: Costa Rican island, <laughs> flying around the ocean?
2: Check out Totes Recall on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts,
3: or your favorite podcasting app.